Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 193. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we discovered that Prince Charles tested positive for the coronavirus. Oh my God, it's true, royals really are just like us. I'm your host, Nagin Farsad, and I hope he's okay. And you know what? I hope everyone's okay, because it is a crazy time to be alive right now. So today on the show, we're going to talk about coronavirus, the politics of it, more on the isolation of it, and we're even going to talk about love during the coronavirus. There's some fun to be had there. I'm so excited by the panel today. Today, I'm joined by um, my very healthy panelists. Uh, I hope, I think, right? You guys are healthy. (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have with us uh, political and corporate strategist and general sex symbol, you guys, Evan Siegfried. Hi, Evan. Hi, how are you? Can I just compliment Prince Charles because he's working from home, but really... Meghan and Harry really socially distanced themselves from him and the rest of the royal family very early on. Um, <laughs> they really, so they, they socially distanced by like 3,000 miles or something. And 5, three or four months. Who knows? Um, and also joining us on the show, host of the podcast Fraudsters, which is coming up next month on uh, 
which is being released next month on the last podcast network. Uh, you hear him here all the time. You guys, it's Sina Ghaznavi. Hey, Sina. Hello, hello. Great to be here in my home talking to you. <laughs> We've got a nice view of your couch in the background, as well as some color-coded or like books categorized by color. Books categorized by color. My wife really likes the way they look. I do not like it when I need to find a book. <laughs> Are you like Dewey Decimal System all the way? I mean, it would be nice. It's called it, it was it's been used by libraries for centuries for a reason. <laughs> not in our house though. No. Why why do that? Let's get started with topic number 1. We are on what feels like day 400 of semi-lockdown in New York. Uh, Depending on what part of the country you're in, you could be in full lockdown. You could be in stay-at-home order. You could be doing a shelter-in-place. You could be in a kind of don't go to work. You could be doing go to work, but don't sit near anybody. You could be in the middle of keep your kids home, but go to work at the same time. Uh, You could even be on strict orders to go hard at spring break and slobber all over strangers at the beach. There are so many different ways you could be experiencing this global pandemic in America and maybe that's part of the problem. Uh, On Monday, Trump wondered whether staying Uh, Stay-at-home orders have gone too far, and he kept repeating, we cannot let the cure be worse than the problem. Uh, And you know he just learned that phrase because that's when he really repeats things. Like, he just learned them for the first time, and he thinks they're so clever, and no one's ever said them before, and so he just repeats them over and over. But he also doubled down by saying he wants to reopen America by Easter. And for the Muslims among us, that's April 12th. Um, I had to look it up. That sounds early. Is that right? Is that early? That sounds so early. It's right. Am I right, guys? I, I always, right. but you're right, Nagin. Every year I ask people, one, when is Easter? Two, what is Easter? <laughs> <laughs> Three, how much chocolate do I get out of it? <laughs> where does it um, where, where's my cut? So, so here's the deal, guys. His recklessness might kill a lot of people. Uh, and my question for you is, um, is it weird that I miss the days when he was just racist and reckless and not racist in a global pandemic? No, come on. I, he's being spiritual now. He gave up grandma and grandpa for Lent. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think one of the things uh, that – well, listen, we're, we're making a lot of jokes. But I think it's important that we do call it out all the time as much and as often as we can because this stuff is, is so reckless, right? It, you know, and even in the legal system – there is like intentional mental state. There is like the negligent mental state. And then there's the reckless mental state, right? And he is just really right, just like beautifully in that recklessness area right now. And it's very clear that all the time that he's going out and saying these things that he either sees on Fox News, which is actually this fake cure that he had, just killed some woman's husband in Arizona, that they took some stuff that was in the back of their cupboard and they just took it and they both took it. They both ended up in the hospital. The husband's now dead. No, that was fish tank cleaner that they took. And as much as I'm a critic of Donald Trump, there are stupid people. And this is a Darwin Award on this woman's husband's part. And I don't mean to be crass about that. However, I think what's really frightening about Trump is that he's saying the second we should reopen in time for Easter and then everybody go to church and hoard and get together, which will just spread it exponentially more, even if we were on the downturn, which we're not. 
We're not going to be peaking until at least mid to late April in New York. You bring up Darwinism, though, but what there was Darwinism is if if as if nature provides the kind of playing field. Now, no Darwin Award. Well, well, sure, but like, but the, but if you push people to this point, we already operate on such little pieces of information. You know, when the fake shelter in place rule uh, thing came in uh, a couple weeks ago, I jumped up and ran out. So my wife was like, where are you going? I was like, we may have to shelter in place in the next 48 hours. And that ended up being fake news. And she was like, where are you going to the grocery store? I was like, no, I'm going to the wine store because I've got wits about me. Come on. (laughs) And so I was at the wine store and all these other people were there. They saw the same fake news that I did. And here we are now a day later after afterwards, I realized that it wasn't real. It was fake. And now a week later, we are actually in this shelter-in-place situation. But at, at the same time, we need to actually be calling these things out and saying to him, hey, you can't just say whatever's on your mind today. And he said that when it comes to the financial markets, he'll he'll be very cautious. He'll be very, you know, play close to the chest. But when it comes to people's lives, he'll just be flagrant about it. Evan, you mentioned he's giving up grandma for Lent. A lot of Republicans are on TV t- yesterday and today. We're, we're taping today on Wednesday talking about like <laughs> grandparents would be happy to sacrifice themselves for their children to have a good economy. What do you think about that argument? Well, I turned to my grandmother who's in her 90s and I called her up and I said, Granny, you know, what do you think is this? She said, dearie, not a fucking chance. And she, uh, she's she been through World War II and many other things. And I don't think she's ready to go for the sake of my portfolio or your 401k. And I think a lot of people are feeling that way. Also, this is much more impactful of people under 49 than we realize. Over 50% of cases in New York City are under 49 years old. And yes, People who are older tend to uh, be uh, tend to have more health problems with it, but it's still a very serious virus. It's not like you're getting a walk in the park all of a sudden and you just take two Tylenol and call the doctor in the morning. P- there's a piece in the New York Times this morning about a woman taking care of her husband and how awful that is. This is something that Trump can no longer downplay or well re-downplay, we should say, because he started to get serious last week, but this week he's now talking about. Easter miracles and everybody rising again. It's just baffling to me and infuriating, especially because I actually know people who have had this. I loosely know someone who died from it. And it's also has, there's a case in my apartment building, but we don't know who it is. So that's a little, uh, you know, paranoia inducing and why I'm probably drinking more than normal. And I, you know, I can't wait for there to be just a slew of like Monmouth and Rasmussen polls would you die for the economy if you're over 60? And it's just... (laughs) Republican seniors say, we'll die for the leader. Exactly. (laughs) No, it's ridiculous. I mean, I think... So we're at this weird point where the virus seeded at different points in different places. So the the escalation is happening, obviously, in New York at a rapid rate. Um, it's happening in Seattle at a more rapid rate. There's a, there's parts of California in which it's happening at a more rapid rate. Um, obviously, New York is the big problem right now, but we can anticipate that there's going to be bigger problems later. Do you think we should have more of a national approach or do you think the regionalism we have right now makes sense? Ooh, I think we need to go to a domestic travel lockdown. Maybe I'm a little bit... Uh more heavy-handed in this, and I think we need to be really 
plan for four to six weeks of pain versus three to six months of pain or even longer. We need to deal with the fact that New Orleans has become a crisis point, especially in Louisiana as a state as a whole. It's going to start popping up in Texas. Florida, the governor there has been absolutely irresponsible. He didn't want to, when we saw those videos last week of spring breakers saying, if I get corona, I get corona, uh, the governor was told, you got to shut down the beaches because there are thousands upon thousands of kids there. And he said, okay, I'll shut them down, but I'm going to wait 96 hours before they're actually shut down because I don't want to hurt tourism. It's There's a lot of stupid decisions being made by politicians on both sides of the aisle. Thankfully, we have people like Andrew Cuomo, Mike DeWine, Jared Polis, Gavin Newsom actually making smart choices. Unfortunately, it doesn't extend to the federal government, at least among our elected officials, and it doesn't extend to uh, other governors and local leaders such as Bill de Blasio, who said, no, you can still take your kids to the playground, but everybody shouldn't go outside. I mean, (laughs) like the thing that frustrates me about some of like the southern states and stuff like that that are sort of just, you know, waving this off is that this will come. I mean, you already have cases. How did you get those cases? You know what I mean? Like this could get worse if the, you know, there was a time when New York also only had a handful of cases. And now look at where we are, you know? So um, the idea that there isn't some sort of minimum for all of the states, I think is baffling because the virus will come. Like it's in Hawaii, it's in Alaska. How did it get to those places if they're theoretically isolated by geographically? You know what I'm saying? So there's something that's strange about how this, the idea that, um, that, you know, the increase is not coming to some of these states like Oklahoma or whatever is baffling. Uh, what do you, uh, Cena, what do you want to see right now from, from, the, from the president and the handling? One thing I want to see is I don't want to see, when this isn't even from the president, but I don't want to see the press conferences broadcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> journalists need some time to fact check that shit. You know what I mean? It's it's in real time. People are just watching and then he says some things and people are like, oh, well, let me set an appointment for April 13th, you know, or whatever. It's like, that's not how this is going to go down. Um, so what, that's one thing I would like. Yeah, I think there's a few things that I've been kind of really frustrated with that I haven't seen. And maybe obviously myself and probably the entire Congress hasn't read the bailout package that is just getting passed now. But uh, one of the things I would love to see is a bailout package for minority owned businesses uh, across the country, Uh, communities of color that are getting disproportionately affected. They are the ones that are uh, over-indexed in these uh, industries like hotels and travel and service industries that are all getting pummeled right now. They're going to need the most help. The stock market can have a bad couple weeks. It's going to be fine. Capitalism can make a couple pennies into a quarter. It knows how to do that. What we don't know how to do is support the working class people in this country. And it's so troubling to me that every bailout package just has like a bunch of stuff for like Boeing and making sure that they can do all the things that they need to do. But everyone's mortgages should be frozen for two months. Student loans should be frozen for two months. And, you know, some people want to say give them forgiveness for those two months. And I know that that's a a little, you know, I, I see that a lot. But at the very least. 
Let's freeze it. Let's at least pause it. It'll be very tough for them to pay it back afterwards. Maybe you can prorate it throughout the year and add it onto the payments. But there needs to be a lot more support from the bottom up because who cares if the stock market's running running fine? It's all run by you know algorithms and computers now anyways. So let's just get people the money in their pockets that they need so they can pay their bills, they can feed their kids, and they can make sure that they get through this crisis, especially those, again, those minority communities, especially the small business owners in those minority communities, because those are the ones, those, that's how we build a generation of people and, and, and prepare for the future. Right now, we're just destroying all the growth that could have happened over the last 10 years. And can we also I talked about this? I talked about this maybe last week or the week before. But, you know, whenever it, whenever it comes to big business, we talk about bailouts. And whenever it comes to small business, we talk about loans. Um, and I, I agree that we should be talking about bailouts. We should talk, be talking about forgiveness of rents. And that's that kind of thing for these two months um, or however long it is. Uh, can we talk a little bit about the stimulus, what we know about it? Like they're voting on it well, right now. We don't know the, the text of everything. Um, but Evan, you wanted to say yeah. Yeah, Cena raises a really good point in that he says we need to get the money into the pockets of Americans. Well, right now, the Senate bill, as it is, it puts a cap on the $1,200 payments and payments to anybody at $75,000 in income. I think the means testing is a disaster for two reasons. One, every single American is suffering. So we uh, going by the 2018 tax returns— you could have done really well in 2018 and made over $75,000 or under, depending upon where yes. you live. But you're still hurting now and you need the money now. They should eliminate that. Two, $75,000 or whatever number goes a heck of a lot further in Boise, Idaho than it does in New York City or San Francisco where people are really getting hit, killed. Humble. Also, yeah. on the small business loans, 81% of Americans receive their paycheck from a small or medium-sized business. So turning it into loans versus, you know, just, hey, take some money, that doesn't work well. If I were in the Senate, I'd vote for this now because it's better than nothing, but I would hold my nose and run out like that bill had coronavirus all over it. <laughs> yeah, so we'd, I mean, one a couple of things that the Democrats managed to do is they managed to... Um, you know, uh, secure $130 billion for hospitals, $55 billion more than originally agreed to. Um, I thought we were just going to sew old well, currency together and give it to the hospitals. And as well as $150 billion for state and local governments. This was all stuff that wasn't in the original bill. They also have oversight over the um, the bailout money, uh, which I think, duh, there should be oversight over that money. Oh, come on. You don't think Steve Mnuchin could, could do it on his own? He's got, <laughs> I think he's got a good Slack channel. People are just going to sign up and just chit-chat with him. It'll be fine. They'll, he can keep tabs. Can I tell you about my favorite provision that they secured? I mean, this isn't my favorite. This is the most like fun provision that they secured is a provision that'll block Trump family businesses um, and those and other senior government officials from receiving any loan money under the program. Uh, I thought that was real fun. I thought that one was real nice. Um, <laughs> well, we know that Trump's family businesses are getting absolutely destroyed. Look at how much they suffered in 9-11. Trump had to get federal funds then, too. Uh, look at how much they suffered because they had a terrible CEO who didn't know what he was doing at multiple points in the between 1990 and uh, 1980 and in 2000. Or Wait, how he was bad at his job? How did he become president? <laughs> 
Um, let's, before we uh, end this segment, I just want to talk about the elections really quickly. Bernie remains. Um, and he says that he'll be, if there's a debate in April, which there's supposed to be a debate in April, it hasn't been scheduled for obvious reasons. I, I don't know what the DNC is going to do, but if there is one, he says he'll be there. What do you guys think? Cena. Nikita and I, you and I, big Warren people, was like really sad to see her get out of the race. Right when she got out of the race, I was like, well, might as well buy one of those Bernie hats now. And then, (laughs) by the way, haven't gotten my Bernie hat. If if the campaign's out there, what's up with the shipping? What are you guys doing? You guys just hanging out? You're not doing rallies, that's for sure. Fake the Nation is Fake the Nation is really popular with the people who handle Bernie merchandise. So, (laughs) (laughs) so. But, I, you know, I, I've seen a lot of the Joe Biden, uh, you know, kind of clips that that he's been doing and, and the hits that he's been doing. It's it's a little it's I will be holding my nose in the New York primary, but I'll be voting, um, you know, or in the general election because I think I don't think Bernie's going to make it. I'm going to vote for Bernie in the primary. Joe Biden's got to be the one that that takes this, although he needs to like I don't know, he needs to get the same Adderall prescription that Trump is on. Because he needs to like juice it up a little bit, right? And we need him focused, laser sharp. I've heard him apologize at least a half dozen times. He's like, no, it's okay. That's mean. I don't want to. No, that's. Ah, God, I'm. Are you tired? I'm tired. <laughs> I mean, you know what? You become more zen as you as you grow older, right? Like he's on the happy part of his happiness curve or whatever. Yeah. Like you get happier as you get get older. And so I think he's just like, what am I going to pick a fight now? What's the point? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but also you're running for president. It's a weird one. Evan, do you even do you, are you do you vote in Democratic primaries? No, I'm a registered Republican who can't stand Trump. So, you know, Got I meet you. with other Republicans in a phone booth. Um, <laughs> it's like it's like they're open all day for you and one other guy to go vote on uh, re- during Republican primaries. Well, yeah, we meet to talk about how <laughs> in we Manhattan. think Trump is bad and, you know, has no clue of what he's doing. But I mean, w- what do you I, think of um, Bernie staying in the race? And I think uh, it what is Biden idiotic. He's mathematically worse off now than he was in 2016. There's no path to victory for him. He's pulled the party to the left. So if that was his objective, mission accomplished. And I don't understand what the point is. He's, at this point, if you, the number one thing to do is to get Trump out of the Oval Office. And if anybody has watched and looked for a reason why, watch his response to coronavirus in the past two and a half months. That's a prime reason to get him out. So why Bernie is staying in it is beyond me. The weird thing that seems to be happening is everybody's going and praising Andrew Cuomo, and he's getting, he, he deserves that praise. However, a lot of progressives are going after him and saying, remember, Andrew Cuomo isn't our ally. And that's because, you know, in the fantasy fiction world of politics, there are people saying, well, if Biden can't get it, or for some reason he doesn't make it to the convention, let's just draft Cuomo because we don't want Bernie, because that would still be a disaster. And I just don't understand why progressives are now attacking Andrew Cuomo for doing a good job and, you know, governing. And I saying, have well, to say, I don't feel like there's a lot of attacks of Andrew Cuomo for doing a good job. Well, no, <laughs> you know they're, what I mean? they're trying to... As a- 
As a progressive, that feels like ginned up controversy from the right. Well, I've seen progressive Evan, figures like such as f- Nimiki so, Kunst like and others fun. say, remember, Andrew Cuomo is not our ally. He's not a good person. He doesn't deserve praise. They're tweeting it out there. I, it's not coming from the right. I mean, there the are right. some people that might be tweeting that kind of thing out there, but it does seem to like— To them, I say— It seems like gossip on the right Do you really right prefer to have Cynthia true. Nixon leading the New York response to coronavirus or Andrew Cuomo? Well, Cynthia Nixon was fantastic. I didn't have a problem with Cynthia. Yeah, <laughs> I think she would have been great. <laughs> um, but I, I, I will say Bernie is not necessarily staying in the race because he's delusional about numbers. He's staying in the race because he can yet get more concessions on the Democratic platform for this upcoming election. And that matters. You know what I mean? You're, you said he he dragged the party to the left. He's done his job. There's still more he can do. And that's admirable. He's not in it. I think if there's one thing we know about Bernie is that he is not in it for himself. He's in it because he believes in the ideas that he's been constantly repeating for four years and then 30 years before that. <laughs> yes, to say. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. He has been able to shift the platform for the Democratic Party. Him and Warren have been able to do things. I honestly don't think if this pandemic maybe happened eight years ago, people wouldn't be talking about student loans. You know, people wouldn't be talking about some of the kind of, uh, you know, bailouts for the working class. Or we wouldn't even be having some of the same conversations about working Americans that we do today. And frankly, the fact that everyone's talking about giving everyone a check. I mean, you know, again, and, the, and what was the earlier de- Democratic debate? He said, we have socialism for the rich. We just ejected, before even this bailout, $1.5 trillion in, into the stock market and quantitative easing and all this other shenanigans. How is that not socialism for the rich? How, I just don't even understand it. It's so clear that we just want to like pick and choose. And I don't even like the word socialism. It's, I feel like it's got bad branding. We need like a fancy ad agency to make up a new word that just means, yeah, hey, we want to take like, care of everybody. Yeah, yeah. That's like Quinty or something. <laughs> Isn't that the Economic new snuggy. video platform that you get eight minutes? <laughs> that's Quibi. This is Quinty. Totally Quinty. different. This is, a, socialism this is a political re-branded. platform. <laughs> Um, squinty. I don't know, guys. This is just a brainstorm because I now run a marketing firm. Um, okay, you guys, uh, we we have to stop talking about this. <laughs> and we have to we have to move on to uh, our next topic. But before we do that, how about this for a change? How about let's hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Great Isolation. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. 
And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the apps features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. Um, okay, we can't go to our normal haunts. We can't go to our regular hangs. Brunch has been canceled and the dog cafe by my apartment is Sans Dog and Sans Cafe. We're at home and we just don't know what to do with ourselves. And if I was a dude comic, I would say something like, I haven't hit peak masturbation yet, so I do know what to do with myself. Oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, I'm not that ki- that kind of comic. So um, instead, let's talk about what people be doing, uh, what what you've been doing, and what people should be doing uh, during this um, isolation. <laughs> so stupid, <laughs> Evan. Oh boy. Well, thankfully, I still have work to do, so and I work from home in the first place. So that has amply prepped me to deal with the social isolation. And I make it a point that I exercise at least 30 minutes to an hour a day. I was very lucky in that I bought a Peloton last January. So I came out a little ahead and everybody thought I was crazy for doing it then. And now they think I'm a genius uh, today. So I will take your respect and for that shrewd move on my part. But I also, you know, (laughs) I've been trying to train my dog to do new things like open wine bottles and uh, mop and stuff. (laughs) 
That's not Wait. going so well, but... He can't, has he gotten close to opening a wine bottle? No, he really doesn't know how to use the rabbit pull. Uh, he tries to put his paws on one side and then he tries to pull on the other. He doesn't use his mouth at all. And then, you know, he, he expects me to give him some of the wine too. And, you know, he's a mean drunk. He slurs his barks, tells me, you're not my real dad, stuff like that. And so he's uh, handling it as best he can. Uh, Cena, are you doing anything new and different in your life? No, this is basically, everything is just a little bit extra. Again, I'm, you know, as a producer, uh, we have a bunch of stuff going out. Everyone, I'm like making little studios remotely for people now because it's everyone's losing their minds and they have to like broadcast and record and do all of these things. So we're very blessed to, to have a lot of work. It is a little crazy. I usually have a really good work from home kind of culture. Where like I go, I will go out at a certain point and take a walk, or I'll exercise or something. I'll have pants on. I'll make it like a work day. But since <laughs> like the quarantine stuff has happened, I've just slid into this dark space, not shaving, barely showering, no pants. The other day, I've been listing some quotes. Hold on, let me. I mean, I have this little notebook here. Hold on, this is. I've been listing things. You know, when you work from home and you're sitting by yourself and you do, you just talk out loud. And I've been saying things to my, and I've been writing them down. So one thing I said yesterday was, get these fucking jeans off of me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this day is trying to murder me. And, oh, the internet. Oh, and I was looking at our Tupperware uh, uh, cabinet. And I said out loud to no one, by the way, is this the life we want to live? <laughs> Cena, <laughs> can I compliment your poetry there as well as the fact that, you know, when you stood up to get that notebook, your glutes look fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> it was like listening to to James Joyce, you yeah. know, just your thoughts. Really I think you, there's a real um, chance that if you back Biden now, he'll make you poet laureate. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> Done. I, uh, I have uh, two friends who said they've actually been exercising more. Uh, since the pandemic hit America. And I think that's interesting. Uh, have you guys seen that from any of your friends? Oh, yeah. yeah. I have a ton of friends using my Peloton referral credit now. <laughs> and I keep getting notifications. You have $100 in our apparel store now. You have now $600. It's Jeez. great. I mean, I'm going to be clothed forever now because of this virus. You know, you got to look at the silver lining. In our building, we closed the gym in our building, and it was like we took someone's children away for some of yes. the <laughs> residents here. I got a call. So they like, were happy. They were gym so, gym they separation. Took <laughs> they were gym so, separation is real. Exactly. They were like they. One guy called and he said, "Isn't it kind of just at your own risk you go into the gym?" I was like. <laughs> Subway car with weights inside. There's <laughs> teeming with germs. Come on. For the record, I was using my gym up until a couple of days ago because there's also a gym in my, build my building. But I would, I marched in with a full bottle of Lysol. I, lys I would Lysol everything in a six foot radius of me. And then I would do the elliptical. Um, so I feel like I was really cautious about it and there was never anyone the, our gym is like very underutilized so it was all always me alone or me and one other person like 30 feet away so I feel like 
I mean, but I know, I get it. I get why they closed it. And I, it is, it's like, it, like my, I, when we got the email, I was, um, I was out on a walk with the dog and my husband called and he's like, I have some bad news. You know, like, it was so serious. They're closing the gym, you know? <laughs> and I was like, and I just had, a, I stopped in my tracks. Like I had a moment. Um, well, we read a piece from that astronaut, Scott Kelly, who spent a year in the International Space Station. Um, and he talked a lot about like his tips for isolation. Uh, and I wondered if any of them resonated with you. I'll start out with a couple. Um, he says to keep a schedule. Uh, are you guys keeping a schedule? Oh, yeah. you got to keep yourself mentally healthy. That's the challenge. And if you don't stick to a schedule, you're going to go nuts. Look at that. All Walk the and step. Time. Classic Republican. Way to be on schedule. <laughs> Follow toe the line. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's wonderful. I used to have a schedule, but like I said, I've fallen into the pits of despair. And by the way, don't listen to The Daily anymore. The New York Times podcast is nothing but sad news that ruins your day. <laughs> yeah, it's a rough one, The the Daily. Um, I, yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, we have a baby, and so she has a schedule. So we basically are following her schedule, um, and it's uh, in it, that that's just like she's my boss, and I don't really have a choice. Um, the one of the things he talked about, but I do, but I do think that it makes a lot of sense. I think a lot. Some people I'm talking to are like, yeah, I went to sleep at two o'clock in the morning last night. And I woke up at one p.m. or whatever, like just crazy things. And and I'm like, okay, well, it's only been like ten days. It's okay, but like you might want to regulate that shit. Um, the other thing he talked about is like pace yourself and like don't let work take over everything and this brings me to my largest complaint about american society well this is not my largest complaint this is my largest largest complaint in this segment about american society uh which is that i feel like we're so obsessed with overwork and efficiency and proving that we're working long hours and just work 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 and i feel like we've totally implemented that same um, attitude to teleconferencing and video conferencing. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're all like in our homes and still overworked. Uh, at least a large part, a large, I think, segment of us are. Um, does that resonate with you guys at all? It happens for me. It, again, I haven't seen as much of a shift in my work, thankfully, because of this. Uh, I do a lot of public affairs and corporate PR right now, and corporations still need to get news out, especially good news and bad news. And this is a great time to get bad news out. I mean, you know, I waiting for somebody to come up to me and say, I want you to represent me and let them know that I killed the Lindbergh baby. So because <laughs> nobody would pay attention. It'd be like, oh, blip, done. Back to the virus. Uh, but I also charge an hourly rate, so I'm not salaried. So it helps to be busy because I know I'm financially secure in these unsecure times. And that's more mentally reassuring to me. But I'm not going out of my way and working an extra 12 hours in a day as a result. Or Can I going ask you to a question, two. Evan, as a Republican, uh, whom we love here at Fake the Nation. Why, thank you. Nobody's perfect, um, though. Do you, what do you think, as, as someone who, again, who has a, you know, an hourly consulting rate, as you do, um, do you wish you had paid sick leave? 
Oh, I've been in favor of paid sick leave from a conservative standpoint long before this ever happened. And how I help popular is it among conservatives? Well, I think they're, it's not particularly popular because they see it as coming from liberals and progressives. And when you do that, it could be a cure to cancer. And we've become so hyperpartisan. If one right. side is proposing it, it the other <laughs> side automatically has to oppose it. Right. Uh, I believe that it's actually pro-family to have it because if you look at just the data long before coronavirus— you have a lot of women leaving the workforce in the middle of their careers to take care of an older or sick relative. And I believe that and after that relative recovers or passes away, they try and re-enter the workforce and they can't. And they wind up with menial jobs. It is really anti-woman not having it. And I believe that the Republican Party, if they ever actually wanted to prove that they care about women, could embrace paid sick leave and family leave so you can take care of older Americans. And additionally, there is a massive shortage of caretakers for older Americans and seniors. So I've been for this. I wrote about it in my book in 2016. And I think that we're starting to see some Republicans come around to it, but it's because of coronavirus. Mitch McConnell and Chin's numbers one through 13. Are you listening to Evan, a conservative who is pro paid family sick leave? Um, fuck. Yeah. I agree with everything you just said. Um, Do you want to join maybe, my party? Maybe there's <laughs> some- <laughs> We could get two phone booths and like knock a wall down between them. <laughs> That'd be really funny if I became a Republican. Can you imagine the like many, many changes to myself I'd have to make? Um, the, uh, okay, that was like a little tangent uh, because I was just, because it came up. Uh, you mentioned hourly work. Um, another thing that astronaut talked about, Scott Kelly, he talked about going outside, working out, like I said, this is a great opportunity for a glow up, you guys. You go into a pandemic like a little flabby. You come out and you're fucking Chris Pratt. Can you catch it from these joggers? My neighborhood in Brooklyn, covered with joggers. I feel like we're not, at some point, I'm not six feet apart. You know what I mean? You're blowing by me. You're breathing heavy. You know, I might get it. Well, you know what you should do to combat this and also you know, for the public good, you run after them with two Lysol cans there we and go. just spray it. There we you're going to get them. your cardio and them. keep America safe. Yeah, I've been trying to hose down these Brooklyn socialists for a while, Evan. Don't worry, I'm on it. <laughs> I mean, I've been jogging and I've been doing like wide turns or like letting people go by if I sense that it's going to be a, a tight corner. You know what I mean? I feel like there's ways of jogging that are really safe. Well, you saw there was the guy in Paris who ran a marathon on his balcony in the lockdown, right? That's crazy. I did not see that. That's fucking, the French are fantastic people. It looked like there was probably about a 12-foot balcony, and the guy did it. Um, it there's, uh, there's no real reason for me to mention this right now, but I, I lived in Paris for a time. <laughs> and, and you can speak French. <laughs> How is and Paris, Ohio? Say, um, I do have to say, I'm, I'm, I, unfortunately, I never ran a marathon on my balcon <laughs> when I lived in Paris. Um, but I, you know, I now I that that's on my bucket list now. Um, another <laughs> thing <laughs> that the astronaut talked about was uh, like hobbies. Have you guys picked up any hobbies? Again, like we're not necessarily. You guys don't sound like you're free enough to have picked up any hobbies like it just sounds like you're working yeah i um someone asked me the hobby question last year and i almost had a nervous breakdown because uh 
What did you write about like, it in your book of quotes? I was like, I'm in, I'm in comedy. This is great. Everything's a hobby. Every, I love every. My life is fun. I don't need to have fun. I don't need to like think of something to have fun. My life is fun. I make fun. <laughs> I've totally had that nervous <laughs> breakdown because I was like, my hobby is my fucking career. Am I supposed to have another hobby? I thought what that was the point about? of this whole thing. The so, therapist was like, do you do anything for fun? And I was like, listen, I'm leaving and this is over. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say you need to break up with that therapist. They don't know you. <laughs> so I, since then, I actually took up pizza making. And so I've been making pizza from scratch and it is really fun. I hope it's not Hawaiian. No, God, what? A, come on. What is that? Unbelievable. No, we it's make trash. We make a good margarita. We make a, we make a pesto pizza. We make a white pizza. It's a great. I have a, a confession to make to you and all the listeners of Fake the Nation who number in the tens of thousands. So this is a really big deal, but um, I'm a huge fan of pineapple on pizza oh you're canceled you are canceled huge fan love it who's with me make the nation back me up here you there has to be people out there who like fucking pineapple on on pizza someone just threw their phone (laughs) (laughs) i just got fired from as as a host of fake the nation (laughs) it's coming down from corporate (laughs) um okay and then let's just um close on this what about people with kids? Any stories from your friends with kids and how they're coping? There's, um, and again, like all the states are in different phases, but in here in New York State, kids are learning from home. They're doing the remote learning thing. They're on Zoom and Google Class and whatever the fuck. Um, I have a friend who's... <laughs> Whose whose kids are in pre K and they're doing Zoom and it's a just it's it's crazy. <laughs> it just sounds crazy. <laughs> well, my sister in law, brother, and nephews are in Colorado and they've been uh, sort of sheltering in place for a while now. And my sister in law, I asked her last week how's uh, it all going, and she sent me a response back saying, "Well, we're homeschooling now. The, there have been many fights." Many detentions and suspensions issued, and the teacher's constantly drunk. So <laughs> that's what I've gotten. But she actually seems like she's enjoying it. She's a retired teacher or former. She's not retired. Um, and it, it, she's just trying to be safe with my brother. And they're hopefully getting along. I gave my nephews for Christmas two authentic lightsabers from uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So I hope they're learning about Star Wars, which is all they need to get by in life. But mm. that's Good the only story I've heard education. that doesn't involve drugging the children. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to say for anyone out there who is the parent of a 15-month-old as I am, um, there is just literally no point of relaxation. <laughs> I'm either working or taking care of the baby. It's super exhausting. We don't have any um, childcare options for obvious reasons. So it is just us and this baby. Shouldn't she get a job though and contribute? You know what? I start, one of the jobs that I have for her is 20 minutes of Sesame Street a day. <laughs> uh, and she is excelling very well in this position to the point of should I do two Sesame Streets a day or is that just purely irresponsible? And then I'll get fired all over again because it's like pineapple and two Sesames. Get out. No, two Sesames um, would cancel out the pineapple. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a different way of looking at, looking at it. Um, oh, one fun thing I heard, which it didn't occur to me, is that there um, some families are having their parent, their grandparents 
do little story times with their kids, do sub, teach some of the lessons if they're, you know, homeschooling or whatever, just to break it up and give the parents like a little bit of a break and also ha- vary the voice and all of that stuff. So I thought that was really a great use um, of, of resources because also the parent, the grandparents miss their grandkids and want to be involved. Yeah, we've had friends that have actually, actually, oddly enough, in Colorado, they drove across the country to Maryland to be with their parents and to self-isolate with them because they have two kids. And yeah. I think that that's uh, something that's that's been happening. I am under strong pressure to go to California. Yeah. Uh, How so are you going to – can you fly there still even? I don't I don't know. I, I think, think you we can. can still fly. There's still domestic flight. There's still the, – domestic travel hasn't been banned. Um, that would that be safe? Blah blah blah. Obviously, we'd have to quarantine for my parents. This this whole fucking thing. Anyway, um, what should I do, guys? <laughs> Fake the nation. Tell me because <laughs> I get uh, pressure from them literally three or four times a day. Stay home. Uh, um, because the news out of New York is not good. You know, when you're in the other parts of the country and you hear about New York, you call your friends in New York and you're like, I'm worried. <laughs> You know what I mean? Does it feel that bad though for you guys, like sitting where we sit? Does it? How, does it? Are you scared? Now I'm scared because nobody's calling me to tell me that they're worried about me. <laughs> this is really upsetting. My therapist is going to put her great grandchildren through college now. Sina, <laughs> are you scared? Scared? No. I mean, we come from Iran. It's 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 that's got to get like mortally dangerous for. A lot, a lot worse, I think, for, yeah, for yeah. me to be actually scared. Worried yeah. about our culture is the thing that I always am worried about. It's, it was yeah. what I was worried about when Trump came into office. I'm worried about how we will recover culturally and how we will move forward as a country and, like, how long that will take. Like, I'm yeah. worried that this is going to take six months and not self-isolation for six months. Maybe we're self-isolated for two, three months and then we're we're just going to go back and forth because it could come back in the fall and all of these other things. So that that's my my biggest concern. And it is creeping in slowly. I, I thankfully work has distracted me enough, but it is creeping in. Uh, on a final note, don't watch too much news. Don't do it. it. It's not helping you pull away from the news. All right, guys. Um, And before we get into our next topic, I just want to remind listeners that Bonus the Nation is here. There are new episodes. It's super fun and exciting. You can go to Stitcher Premium and get a free trial by uh, using the code FAKE. And um, one thing I want to uh, let you guys know, in case you didn't know, everyone who comes on the show is compensated. Uh, we actually pay the comedians. And in a world where so, 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 so many of our comedians' gigs have been canceled, um, we're happy that we can still do that. So any help you can give um, by supporting the show, we would really be honored. Um, and we want to give you some entertainment <laughs> for that as well. Uh, and Bonus the Nation is a great way to support the show. Uh, so check that out um, at Stitcher Premium. And don't forget to use the code FAKE. All right, you guys, let us move on to topic number three. Dating. People still got a court during covid uh, you could saran wrap your entire body and go on a date, or um, I guess you could use this time to like just get to know somebody through technology. Uh, how do you think dating will, be, will go down during coronavirus? Well, I'm going to just back up and say before coronavirus, I had my heart absolutely smashed in December of Jan- and January. Uh, oh, and sorry to hear it. Yeah, man. brutal. 
So I started to wade back into dating just before the virus picked up. And then I started to see it and I said, eh. Well, as I said, I got a Peloton in January. And (laughs) I seem to have a massive crush on one of the instructors there, Kendall Toole. And so if she's listening, I would like to invite her in to a Zoom conversation over wine or coffee or any beverage of her choice where she can literally have an actual conversational date without leaving the comforts of her own home and to verify I'm not a stalker serial killer. Uh, Because I have a feeling this is a unique way to ask somebody out. And if somebody knows Kendall Tool, please alert her to this because this would make quarantine all the much better because, you know, she already well, makes okay, my heart race literally. Evan, beyond Kendall, who I'm sure is going to be, um, is who I'm sure already listens to the show. And um, is getting her lawyers but, to draft a restraining order already. <laughs> Do you, like, did you think of, like, going on, on Hinge or Tinder or whatever and and ask, you know, and, and setting up an online date? Well, I've been using Bumble, uh, and I've noticed that more and more people are just not active on it lately. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. anecdotal at this point. Um, I've been trying to set up a faux dinner party with friends of mine, and they're all sort of saying, well, eh, eh. and so basically I'm just doing one-on-one phone calls and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, telling um, them about I, the I wine did, I'm like, not sharing with them. It's funny, I did like a group thing um, last night and that was, um, you know, and it was delightful and it was just, I think I said this last week, it was um, it was a substitute for a hangout, but it was a poor substitute. <laughs> you know, like I love, I was like, thank God I could talk to my friends still, but man, this is not as fun, you know? It just isn't. Um, but I think, but I think courtship is different because you think of like, if you think about those times in high school when you like meet someone, then you're just like on the phone with them for fucking hours. Again, we're like of a generation in which people used phones um, in high school. But that was really, I mean, I feel like I'm, you know, just with friends and with people I was, you know, had a crush on, learned so much about them by not be physically being around them, but just by being on the phone for hours. Um, there could be something quite romantic yeah, about that. Yeah, it's love is blind except love is quarantined. Right, <laughs> right. Um, Cena, you seem skeptical. Yeah, I think this is really going to be a tough time. for. I agree with you, Nagin. It's tough for me to connect over to the Zoom and the video conferencing. I can only imagine already dating was, I think, at a low point. It's like a volume business. It was not even in a good place to have this type of pandemic just come at this time. And I think people are going to be, I can't, I mean, thank God I've been married for so long. It's like, this is, this this just seems so difficult. How do you communicate with people? How do you even, like, is it going to get weird? And what happens if you screenshot at the wrong time and then you share it and all these other things could happen? Or you wear pants. Yeah, what, you got to wear pants. What if you don't? What if you're not? What if you're already used to not wearing pants and then you start the Zoom and you're like, I'm sorry, I forgot. Now all of a sudden you're like offending the other person. You know, it's like a whole thing. Um, a, a bunch of college students or like a couple of college students, I think out of Yale set up an, a dating site called OK Zoomer. Um, and they have brought together um, 200 different schools. You have to have a .edu email address to join. And basically it's an opportunity for people in college to chat and 
and find a connection during coronavirus. Um, and again, maybe for that generation, Zoom doesn't feel as uh, in Skype and FaceTime don't feel as like don't feel like such a shitty substitute, you know? They're just used to screens being a constant fixture in their lives. So maybe it's it can be an actual meaningful way of have, making a connection. Or at the very least, it could just be fun flirtation and and it's no big deal. Nothing comes of it. Yeah, I think you got to do something. I mean, there, there is a um, digitally native generation that's coming up now that they're dating and they're going to be interacting with each other and – you know, I'm just some old guy that's wearing sweatpants all day. So I, I think if the people are really going to, you know, get used to this kind of new normal, which, again, is what I'm worried about culturally with the country. Yes. Like what happens if we yeah. get too used to being isolated? We are we're social good. creatures. Well, no, we're we still going to go out incels. to the club on Saturday night, but just we'll sit around the table and Zoom with people who aren't there with us. Exactly. <laughs> um, how do you think this is affecting existing relationships? I saw in the New York Post this morning that apparently, and this is anecdotal as well, but divorce lawyers are seeing a skyrocket in cases since these shelter-in-place orders have gone out. So, okay. And uh, even more fun than that, the number of COVID-19 cases um, in China is going down, but there's been a spike in divorce applications. I'm just wondering... (laughs) Uh, how many kids are going to come from the shelter in place? Nine right. months from I mean, now. There has to be some sort of COVID boom. Yeah, and I bet you 20 bucks that of any child born nine months from now, it's from people who didn't have a child before. Oh, this or is the, the majority. first one. Those, this yeah, will be their yeah. first kid. Because yeah, 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 it's like a very long tail prediction there. I like this. Cena, you're in in that cat in that category. By the way, I am. Well, <laughs> L- be- allow me to be your Persian mother. Cena, <laughs> when you have a baby, when you have, you have a baby. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, I'm actually. I think we're digging into uh, ro- household roles in a way that we hadn't really done before. You know, you're busy running around doing this and doing that. You really have to be on a system there. I'm helping out in ways that I didn't really think I would be helping. And, you know, Cosmo's doing a lot of the dog parenting and stuff like that, which has been very cool. It, it's actually worked really well for us. But we we are – it is weird, though, too. Like, if you do get into an argument, you're like, I, I can't just, like, go and leave. I can't just go on a walk. I just got to stay basically here. There's no reason. I mean, I just got to make this work. <laughs> Well, I read a couple of therapists who had some suggestions for you, Sina. Uh, you can go on a walk. Like, well, okay, so so you can go on a walk, but you should create separation between you and your partner. And this goes for roommates, too, um, because things are going to come up. You know, the, a lot of things that may have taken months or years to come to the surface will now come up more quickly, right? So you're going to see a lot of shit that you didn't want to see, you didn't know was lurking in there, um, and there's going to be some situations where you're like, oh, it turns out I didn't know you that well, and now that I do, I'm not interested in this marriage anymore. Okay, so there's that option. But but I think the the more common and rosier situation is, oh, I'm actually going to have to learn how to deal with my problems instead of like, 
be distracted by going to work and be distracted by going out to a party and be distracted by whatever. A distraction ends up kind of solving a lot of problems in our daily lives and our daily interactions with our spouses, our roommates. Um, and I think this is going to be, this is one of those things where you have to actually, uh, according to the therapist, engage in some active listening. Um, don't get bogged down by your ego. You could be wrong. Negan, you um, just implied that I actually have problems. I'm perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could come up th- this is one too I think this is something that a lot of people do and by a lot of people I mean I've done this to my husband um, we're like you know, there'd be something wrong and I just want him to come up with the solution instead of me suggesting the solution for some reason and then executing on it um, but and I you think- have the solution <laughs> you're the Persian mother you have the solution. Wait, can I tell you guys about the dumbest? So we, look, I'm a comedian, I'm an actor, and 90% of our jobs have been canceled. So unlike you guys who seem to be swimming in fucking work, <laughs> bless both of you, okay, and uh, and your um, in, income. Um, but yeah, we, we are, so we're just like, we, we're both normally running around all the time. And, um, we're both, you know, and so being home feels like a, it's, it's crazy. I don't, I've never been at home this much in my life. Um, and one of our little, uh, conflicts has come around the use of hand sanitizer (laughs) because when I believe when you're at home, you should wash your hands. Um, and he has in a pinch just used hand sanitizer at home. I'm with you You on this. You agree with me, right? Yeah. I'm with you on this one. You got to wash your hands, A, because it's more effective, and B, because there's a shortage of hand sanitizer. Uh, You should work it into your, or you should go back in time and work it into your vows that you use soap. Right. No, I know. And I mean, he does, I mean, look, and I'm not trying to throw him under the bus here. 95% of the time he uses soap, but then there's a couple of in a pinch moments uh, where he's like, well, it was just like, eh," you know, and I'm like, no, that's, we're still, Mm -hmm. like, we're in an apartment. We could go to the bathroom. But everything's magnified. Is, Everything yeah. is totally magnified. My wife leaves a sock in a certain place, and I'm just like, why is the sock here? <laughs> what are we doing? Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I feel and like if I'm you and I I'm are single. just complaining about hand sanitizer and one singular sock, we're doing okay. <laughs> yeah. Like the only fights I get in with the person I live with, a.k.a. my dog, uh, Rowdy and I are now fighting because I bought a bigger bed, which was strangely delivered last week despite coronavirus. So I upgraded from a queen to a king size, and now he won't cuddle. Uh, he sleeps in the bed with you? Yeah. Oh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he actually ended a relationship of mine a few years ago. Yeah, because he he's physically end kicked her out too. of the bed. He's gonna, <laughs> whatever one you got going. She gave well, me an ultimate king him. size her, bed. Her or him. And it was just sort of like, eh, yeah, I like it more. <laughs> um, okay, guys, I wanted to uh, end this show by asking the question we always ask, which is, um, how do you feel? And feel free to connect it to anything we talked about. You guys, Sina, how do you feel? I feel 
better than I thought I would. I, you know, given that I work from home a lot, I, I kind of feel like I was built for this, but I, I feel like I'm in kind of like a little bit of a slump because I kind of dived in with everything and I need to kind of dig myself out and do some of the things that the astronaut Scott Kelly was talking about, which is like good for everybody. You know, you schedule, get outside. I really got to work out. Working out has been like a big part for me to like keep my brain centered because I, I get stressed. I have anxiety and depression that I try to battle with every day. And then that's the kind of stuff that you need to like keep your head above water. Because again, as, as like governor Cuomo and every other governor keeps saying, except the president, it's going to get worse <laughs> before it gets better. <laughs> and we need to really get, you know, get it together. And I say this for myself, not for everyone else. Really. <laughs> Well, Evan, how do you feel? Well, I felt wonderful hearing there's light at the end of the tunnel because it just brought me back to 1967, 1968, when Lyndon Johnson said the same thing about Vietnam. You know, how much longer <laughs> do we have to go in the tunnel? Not long, you know, 1975. Um, so I also have anxiety and depression like Cena, and it isn't fun when you also throw in hypochondria. So the extra working out they I've often been doing- come together. Oh, Yes. You know, the extra working out, I get a little more sore now. So I wake up and I'm like, oh, my God, I've got the Rona. Oh, no, that's just because <laughs> I did a heavy core workout yesterday. <laughs> so it's sort of a good problem to have, but it's also a little unnerving. Uh, all in all, I'm better than I thought I would be. And that's probably because of having my dog being a pain. And, uh, you know, I am optimistic that Kendall Tool will accept my video date proposal. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I've been just trying um, to gain I'm the excited Whole Foods to, delivery. I'm excited to see what romance may emerge for you uh, out of this pandemic, Evan. Um, I am too. I wanted, I wanted to close the show, actually, by, by mentioning a couple of ways that people can help. Um, feel free to throw in some ideas if you have any. But um, um, our friend Sally Cohn, who's been on the show um reached out to me about the one fair wage campaign. Uh, it's basically a fund that's, that's they're gathering money to um, distribute to people who are wage workers um, and tipped workers. And uh, you can go to OFWEmergencyFund.org. Um, look, if you're like me and you, your income has suddenly been dramatically, dramatically reduced um, and you're scared do you know this fund is not for you to donate to but uh although i did donate because i i i'm in a better situation than than most um than than so many um but uh but if you have a stable income and you feel like you can help uh ofwemergencyfund.org is a really great place to donate money uh global giving is a, a large uh, it's a global crowdfunding community that connects nonprofits and donors, and um, the money that they're raising uh, is sending money is um, sending emergency medical workers to communities in need and providing medical supplies to hospitals. So that's global giving. Um, you can to donate towards medical supplies at Relief International. Uh, you can donate blood at, at the American Red Cross. Um, there's a severe blood shortage because of the high number of blood drive cancellations during the outbreak. So if you're healthy, uh, you can you can go um, and give blood um, and and help provide food. We talked about this last week. Food banks are are having a hard time. Feeding America is one of the nation's largest uh, domestic hunger relief organizations, um, and they're they're a great place um, to to look into feeding America. Um, you know, there's a ton of GoFundMe uh, 
campaigns out there. Um, you can look into those. Um, and uh, a lot of artists um, and yoga studios and Pilates studios and all these stuff are, are, are having cl- providing free classes on their Instagram page and they're just asking for you to donate via their Venmo. That's a great way to stay in shape or catch some live stream entertainment um, and, and throw in a couple of shekels where you can. Um, I've been doing that uh, with my with the yoga studio in New York, Yoga Vita that I go to. So you guys, um, I would just add two more things actually. Yeah. Let's hear first, uh, is shop your small businesses that are still open, uh, in New York liquor stores were classified as essential businesses. So I placed an order today for a significant amount of wine and I put a 50% tip, uh, for the person who's delivering it. And if you are ordering in any sort of delivery, uh, give a hundred percent tip. That's what I wound up doing. That's one. And then the other thing is, and it, you don't have to have money, just call your friends and family and people you know and let them know you care because even though we're so densely packed together in our apartments or wherever we are, we have never been further apart in a certain way. And I found that a lot of people just appreciate knowing you're thinking about them and you care about them. Cena, do you have any throw in? Yeah, I was actually doing the same thing with our, my wife and I are trying to decide, um, you know, every couple of days we're trying to engage with the local business and try to like, you know, patron them. And again, yeah, over tip big time and just try to support people yeah. in our neighborhood. Yeah. The local business thing. I, uh, I bought a gift card, um, to, to, to one of the, the businesses I go to all the time. And a lot of, a lot of them are doing the gift card thing. So that's a way for you to kind of basically float them some money, even if you don't use their service immediately. Uh, and, uh, and that helps them kind of get, get out, um, of the re this heinous jam that they're in. That we're all in. Um, you guys, thank you so much um, for doing the show. Cena, where do people find you and follow all the stuff that you do? At Cena John, S-E-E-N-A on all social media, except TikTok, Cena underscore G. I got to actually make some TikToks, though. But <laughs> Evan, where do people find you? You can find me on Twitter at, at Evan Siegfried, and that's S. I-E-G-F-R-I-E-D or on Instagram at the same spot. And if you want to follow me on Peloton, it's E-A-S-211. And Kendall, please slide into my DMs. (laughs) (laughs) This guy. Um, all right, you guys. This is either romantic or restraining order territory. Uh, (laughs) Why not, right? Um, I I think that was fairly respectful. Um, Anita, was that fairly respectful? I feel like that was fairly respectful. (laughs) Yeah, okay. She (laughs) literally just held up a sign saying, if you need help, blink twice. (laughs) (laughs) Um... And you guys know where to find me. Actually, it turns out I'm going to be doing Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me this week. Um... Not last week because of the thing. So, but I'm on this week, and it'll be one of these interesting things where we're performing to no audience and from our homes. Uh, so, um, it'll be an interesting show. Tune in to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me uh, this weekend. And um, yeah, keep the ideas coming. I love hearing from you guys. As you know, a lot of you've been reaching out. Um, a lot of you've been just um, doing what you can to help make things better because you're really fucking caring people at Fake the Nation, the listeners. 
so thank you. And what I really would like to do, guys, is I want to thank the people that make their show happen. That is our um, production team, our producer, Anita Flores, our talented audio engineer, Andy Kristen, Gabby Alter wrote our theme music, Lily Flushler helps out with research, Jared O'Connell has been figuring out the technology of it all, and dear listeners, you know we love to hear from you. Keep the topics coming. Keep the feedback coming. Uh, you can email us at comments at fakethenation.com. You can send a voicemail. Um, leave a voicemail at 347-770-4981. You can drop us. Um, sorry, I already said that part. Uh, if you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find the show. Um, and um, reach out to your friends um, and your family uh, during this crazy time. And we'll be back next week. <laughs>